The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded and we're looking into the Central European countries as a warm-up for the World Junior Championships. We have Anton Rasegård with us, still in Wales, Anton? Well, for another uh, 20 hours or so, so when this pod is released I'll probably be somewhere over the, uh, what's it called, the North Sea or something? The like, North Sea, I don't know yes. if it's, yeah. Yeah, the North Sea. Yeah, exactly. I'm not very good at geography, apparently. Uh, but yeah, I, I will be going to uh, to uh, Denmark and and over to Sweden tomorrow. So uh, it's my last day here in Wales for a while. Indeed, and we're lucky enough because some of these teams we're not very uh, experienced in in looking into. So we've been joined today by one of my friends, um, one of the people you really should follow if you're interested in European hockey, especially Central European hockey. Because Thomas Rost from Switzerland, uh, NHL scout for Central Scouting, um, has joined us. And you're also writing for uh, one of the German papers, Thomas, right? Yeah, for sport.ch. All right, yeah. for the Swiss writing paper. Yeah. Sometimes for the Slapshot magazine, also Swiss hockey magazine. And uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a good follow, and he will answer every question you have, because he's answered every one of my questions. He will answer some of the questions in regards to the German team that we're going to start at. And it is an exciting time to be German and looking at the World Championship uh, roster, usually. But there has been some developments lately with... with uh, uh, who is it that has tested positive for COVID? Just now? Reichel. Reichel is out of the tournament. And, uh, yeah, and so, and, uh, and Seidel is not playing. It's really a big pity for the, the Germans. Well, why, why isn't Moritz Seidel playing? Uh, the, he, I think they didn't release him. Uh, yeah. He's playing for Rugler this season, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Had a great yeah, reverse hit in the first period here as well. So, so he's really playing well for Rugler. Let's be honest with that. But behind the big two, does Germany have a realistic chance of compete for 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 the quarterfinal spot, Thomas? Yeah, it's a really I it's a really pity I have to tell you because this German team, if everybody would be on board, would be probably the best German under twenty team since years. But now they are very uh, so called top heavy. They have a very top heavy team with really four world-class players and two of them are missing so this is a big big loss for the for the german team i think Seider would have been so important in the defense because the other def- uh, defenders are not really so good and reichel peterka stützle if you have three forwards and now you have just two two really good forwards and also nino kinder is missing he was also one of the better forwards of 
Germany. So this is a real pity, I think. They still have a small chance to qualify for the quarterfinal because of the group they are in with Slovakia and Switzerland. It will be 50-50 games, more or less. But it's really a pity that German team with Seider, with Reichel, with Peterka and with uh, Stützle could have been really competitive this year. And they are not because of 50% of the good players are missing. Yeah, and Seider yeah, could good. actually have been voted, I guess, top defender of the tournament. He's that good and he's that ready for, to, to play in the NHL next season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was going to say that because I was I was really impressed by the German team last year. Obviously, they ended up in last place in the end, much due to like uh, an unfavorable group. But uh, they did win a game, and and those three forwards combined with the side as a leader on defense, um, it was impressive. And especially with Germany having now we saw that Reichel went as number seventeen, we saw Stutzl obviously as number three, and then Peterka early in the second round. There was some proper, like not only talent for being Germany, but real world-class talent um, on this team. And now, as you say, with 50% gone, uh, it just looks much bleaker. Yeah. The, co- the coaching uh, is, is going to be really dependent. How good of a coach is the German coach, Thomas? Oh, I can't tell much, uh, actually about this. I think it's uh, solid coaching. Uh, I don't expect that the coach will steal games, but I also don't expect that they will lose games because of coaching. Unspectacular. <laughs> Unspectacular. You have, we have to say that Germany has come quite a long way from, from a couple of years ago uh, when they were a little bit of a laughing stock or, or they weren't taking seriously and they have already always said that they're going to try to build a German team for the future. Is this the German team for the future or or has Germany turned a corner to start to develop really good long-term uh, development in ice hockey and, and world-class talent down the line? Uh, well, in the last, if I watch the last couple of years, they really developed a lot of world-class uh, talents. We started with Dominic Bock. Yeah. And uh, Seidel, now the, the three forwards, five, really five guys who were four of them first rounders and, uh, and nearly a, also Peterka was nearly a first rounder. But in the long term, I'm not so optimistic. If I watch now for 21, for example, I don't see real uh, uh, draftees, maybe two or three players who will be drafted at best, but definitely not not one for first or second round. So I think it was a little bit lucky, but they improved uh, on the junior level after some long, very bad years. They definitely improved, but not as much as it might seem, as you might think now, because of the really successful draft to uh, the 2020 and with the draft before with Seider. This uh, leads us a little bit in the wrong direction. The German junior level development is not that good, still not that good. It's better than a couple of years ago, but not as good as, as you might think. So there are no yeah. hidden gems that we need to look out for in this squad? Pardon me, I didn't get the question. Sorry. Uh, is there any hidden gems uh, that you think might uh, break through in this World Juniors? Or 
that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, not really, not really. I quite uh, would have liked this Nino Kinder, but he's also COVID positive. Uh, they have one guy who is pretty good, it's Florian Elias. Uh, he will wear number seven. He's a forward, he's, he's a smaller forward. He's pretty good, but they're real hidden gems. They have two defensemen, Glötzel, Knip, who have some sort of level playing. But uh, compared to world-class prospects, it's really not much. I, I would be very surprised if there would be a hidden gem with, with a breakout tournament. Yeah, I was going to ask, because obviously last year we had all these guys who weren't even drafted yet. They were draft eligible for 2020, um, who were breaking through. And now when we look at the roster, most of the guys are already 18, 19. It really feels like this was supposed to be the year for Germany. Yeah. Yes, completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned before that uh, you, you think it's a toss-up between uh, Germany, Switzerland and, and Slovakia for, for that last spot in the group. Um, looking at Switzerland, who has had a battle of, of, of wills in a matter of way between Germany and Switzerland, who is the best. And, and um, Switzerland has also put in a lot of effort into the development system. Uh, but how does this team look for, for the World Juniors? Actually, on the individual, from individual player side, it's not a good team. I think Switzerland has not even one player drafted in this uh, under 20 team. Not even one single player drafted. No, they don't. Yeah. The best players are the underages. Uh, Noah Meyer, the defense uh, defenseman from Zurich, he's pretty good. I expect him to be a pretty high draft pick, maybe second, third, mid rounder. Uh, Lorenzo Canonica, very good uh, forward. Also Fantastic a- name, also. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true, and uh, uh, he, he's he's pretty he's pretty good. But he's a better, uh, 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 despite his name as a cannon, he's a better <laughs> playmaker than a shooter. But but he's he's really smart, uh, and a really good player. But under twenty World Championship tournament is usually not so much a tournament for the underage. So from the older players. I don't expect that much. But what Switzerland has advantage compared to Germany is the death. I think the third and fourth unit of Switzerland will be better than the Germans' third and fourth unit. Uh, the Germans have the better high-end players, better individuals with Stützle and Peterka. And uh, Germany would have been the favorite in, in the game versus Switzerland if uh, Seider and uh, Reichel would be added to this roster. But like this, I think it's uh, it's 50-50, maybe with a slight edge for Switzerland. Because we have a lot of, uh, I told no, not even one player drafted, but all the players are not that far away from being drafted. We have a lot of players on a good level, but nearly no players on a very good and not even one on an excellent level. So Which can cannot- yeah, which can also 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 be a good thing, maybe that they all are kind of on the same level, so they don't have to be carried by one or two players. Yes, yes, it can be for the group dynamic and everything uh, can be an advantage. What also might advantage? I don't know about now all countries because this was such an awful year because of COVID. But the Swiss players 
they played hockey this season from the quite from the very beginning they didn't uh, had to stop like for example some North American junior players I don't know how many games they played now before the thing then they are uh, they played their, uh, their junior games they played also uh, pro games this could be a little bit an advantage for the Swiss team in the early goings of the tournament we, we all always look into this that who who will have the benefit coming into the tournament and it's so important to get those early points because you can relax a little bit in the group stage and don't have to play that maybe a game of death in order to who stays and who goes but but yep. uh, so you, you think that's beneficial to to the Swiss team in general even when you compare it to Slovakia that has also had a a season going a bit yeah yeah maybe not maybe not to the Slovakian team I think the Slovakian team is as well on the level as the, as the Swiss and the, and the Germans, it will be 50-50 games. Uh, Slovakia, actually, I don't know them too well, to be honest, but from what I know and what I heard, they have pretty good, very young talent. And I don't know who in the very end will make the roster. I didn't follow it, but they have, the, I think, Slavkovsky, uh, 2004 born, and they have Mesor. Uh, who are really, really good, good talents, and they have other players. They have a third round pick, Knatsko. They have Chromiak. Yeah, things like I think they are at least on the level of the of the Swiss team and the German team. They are coming along a little bit uh, better again than Slovakia, I think, especially with the very young players. Maybe not with the really twenty years old players that they will present in this tournament, but. They also have good, good young talent. When you look at these uh, two countries, if we look at Germany and Switzerland, who is arguably in a stronger economic position to develop players, um, why isn't it working out for, for these two countries yet? Uh, I don't know. I think in Switzerland we have maybe the, the strongest economical situation for junior development compared to, even compared to Germany and uh, probably definitely compared to Slovakia. I, I'm still not very convinced about the level of uh, junior and kids coaches in Switzerland. They do a fantastic job from from the point of view, from the effort point of view and they do spend a lot of hours with the young kids without getting any money or is getting just very small money. But the level of the kids coaches in Switzerland are not yet as good. And I would put a lot of more money into developing the, the coaches for the kids. And I think this might be because maybe the tradition of the Czech and Slovak hockey, the history, I think they still have maybe some better coaches that they are still on the same level. In Germany, it's a little bit the problem. Uh, hockey is not the real, uh, real, very popular sports. It's really football and then nothing. And it's played in Bavaria, a little bit in Berlin, a little bit in former German Democratic Republic and vice versa and things like this. But it's a re really a little bit re regional uh, game lately, of course, Mannheim is the hotspot of German hockey, also. But 
Mm, yeah, as I told you, Germany they developed a little bit better juniors, but it's not uh, sustainable in in my eyes yet. It's just a little bit good good age groups now, one or two. But you will see in one and two years the under twenty world championship team from the under twenty German team will be not as good as this year and last year. So we have Slovakia trending upwards in a way, and and you mentioned quite a few uh, prospects. We have uh, Slavkovsky who who plays for for Turku in Finland as well. Um, yep. So he has played at quite a high level uh, as well. Um, we got uh, some uh, prospects. Uh, Oleksil Mykluhaka. I'm pronouncing that terribly, I think. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, but he's been compared a little bit to Peter Bondra. He's Ukrainian uh, ancestry. He grew up playing hockey in Eastern Slovakia, and uh, but he uh, plays for Red Bull Salzburg, who is an Austrian team. Um, but it's interesting, as you mentioned, Slovakia has the history. He's also born in Poland, so he's real <laughs> multinationality. Yeah, very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's. Uh, if we continue with Slovakia, they they have these young guys coming up. We have uh, they also have players that has played in in uh, North America during the season uh, or, or last season, and it's it's interesting in that regard that they they are developing on a broader scale, maybe whereas. Um, there are not many Swiss players leaving uh, Switzerland, and there are not many German players that leaves Germany. Um, Bock is obviously back. Sider is playing in the rugby, but they have been drafted, and they have, in Bock's case, already been traded once. Uh, but it's it's interesting to see that Slovakia is starting to gel as as a hockey nation again. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's also a little bit uh, traditional that. Uh, Young Slovak players uh, very soon leave the country and uh, develop in Sweden or try to go to North America. In Switzerland, actually, it also started. We have a lot of guys playing in North America in this age, but not very well players, and that's why you listen uh, much about them. But we have some some guys who also try their their best. And um, but also Sweden is very popular. A lot of uh, young uh, Swiss players have have the target also to develop in Sweden because of the the reputation of very good uh, coaches and development programs. Yeah, I saw that a guy like Lionel Marchand uh, moved to Timo now in the J20 National League in Sweden. Um, and he will apparently be on the Swiss team. I was just going to ask you uh, quick about about the Swiss team in general and uh, about Swiss talent development because I was thinking about the fact that um, that Switzerland had seven first round picks uh, during a decade there between 20, uh, 2008 and 2017. Um, obviously, um, with a huge bonus there at the end with Nico Hischer being selected as the first ever Swiss first overall. But then afterwards, it's been kind of a decline during the last three years. We had 2018, where the highest-drafted Swiss guy was uh, in the fourth round. Last year, it was uh, Nussbaumel, who was selected in the seventh round, and he was the only Swiss-drafted. And then this year, there was no one selected at all. So compared to what you said about Germany, is it the same in Switzerland? There is just uh, There was a very good, uh, <laughs> very good generation there between 
2017, and now it's a bit on on uphill battle. Yeah, it's uh, it's something in between. I think this uh, very good draft success a couple of years ago was uh, uh, a little bit overrated, overrated uh, Swiss development. And what happened now last year and this year, with last year just no Spalmer, this year even uh, zero draftees, is uh, you might now underrate the Swiss development program. I think the truth lies uh, something in between. And next year's draft, I think, could be an average, uh, a fair uh, evaluation for the Swiss setting with maybe two, three, maybe four guys uh, who have really chance to get drafted. And uh, the, the problem is in Switzerland, but I'm, we still think, or some, some media still thinks and hopes we are a really hockey nation and we can uh, compare, uh, compete for medals. Uh, on the senior level and also on the junior level, and we, this is just not the truth yet. And the stagnation worries me a little bit because compared to 20 years ago, Switzerland really developed in, in junior hockey. We were uh, uh, going up and down from first to second division all the time, and now we are quite stable. So this is a real uh, improvement. But since many, many years, there is absolutely stagnation. I, I can't see any step going closer to the top nations uh, anymore. But this is a little bit sad, as I criticize in the Swiss development, they, they they don't make any progress anymore. They also don't decline. It, it would be unfair to tell decline, but definitely not progress. You have uh, two of my favorite coaches uh, in different ways, but, but two, two very good coaches, Christian Wool and, and, and uh, Richard Grönborg in two different clubs, Davos uh, and, and Zurich respectively. Um, how do they work uh, with the development in their clubs? Because you also have development teams in the clubs, much in the same way as all of Europe has, whereas it's different in, in North America, obviously. Um, and Wuland was the coach for, for a very good Swiss team that finished fourth in, in the World Juniors once, right? Yeah. Yeah. And do, do they benefit the having moved to the club hockey, two former national team coaches and, and assistant national team coach uh, for, for Wuland? Uh, do they benefit the development of, of young hockey players in Davos and, and in Zurich? I don't think so, to be honest, because I think such level coaches we should have on a younger level of players, because they are coaching now the pro teams, and of course they do a very good job, and maybe they have some some players who are 20, 21, 22, who have already important roles in their teams, and they definitely benefit from these really good coaches, but... This, uh, I think the most important work has to be done between 12 and maybe 17, somewhere there. And there we should have the best coaches. And there I think we lack, uh, we don't have the same world-class educators as, for example, in Sweden or Finland and maybe also in the, in the U.S. development program. Um, looking at this group with with um, Slova uh, Slovakia, uh, Switzerland, and Germany, um, and and we'll go back to Slovakia, obviously, as we're going to sp speak about Czech Republic as well. But uh, the the loser in that group will face an Austrian team 
in in the uh, relegation round. At least that's Don't what be so it, sure of that. <laughs> at least that's what it looks like. <laughs> you have some very interesting thoughts about the Australian uh, Austrian team as well, uh, Thomas. There's one player there who's kind of interesting. Actually, they have two, really two players. Who two players? In. Yes, but the problem is one player is missing. Oh, like, okay. like the Germans and the, the, the one who's really good player and who will appear is Marco Rossi. Yeah. And he was the Minnesota first rounder this year. And he played many years in Switzerland also in the in Zurich organization. And but they had also a very good defenseman, Nickel, Timo Nickel. He is also a draft pick fourth round from Anaheim and he, he unfortunately was uh, tested positive COVID also. So he's out. So it's really a one-team, a one-player <laughs> one team, more or less. But it's maybe interesting. Well, maybe Senna Peters is some sort of a, of a player also. Uh, but what is interesting, the coach will be the same coach for the, as for the senior national team, Roger Bardo, the Swiss. Uh, who is uh, the senior national team coach for Austria, will also be the under-20 coach now in this world championship. So, so the coach is, is their strength? Uh, I think, I, I don't know why, I think uh, there happened something to the uh, to the under, to the normal under-20 coach and he, he did replace him now. So this might be a little bit interesting, of, of interest, but from the player side, it's really... It's really Rossi. I can't tell you about another uh, NHL prospect. So the important question is, do you think that Marco Rossi as a top, really top level talent can carry the Austrian as the relegation round? Because it's really about competing that game against the Czech Republic. Do you think that the Austrians can have a chance in that game? No, no way. <laughs> no, 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 no chance. Right. No. Absolutely and not. And in a, in a, in a best-out-of-three against the losing team of, of the other group, will they will they be able to surprise anyone there? Um, actually, I think there is no no relegation this year. No, maybe not. But if, if there would be, and they would have this nickel, and they would have maybe, for, for some reason, very hot goaltending, and uh, brilliant shape from uh, Rossi. They might have a chance to win one game in this in, in a three relegation round game. But I really can't see that Austria has a chance to stay in, in the in the A pool in this in this first division. But told uh, no nobody will be relegated. I think the relegation round games they are off. Oh, that that might be true due to the COVID uh, situation. Obviously, that's uh, something I haven't considered and I haven't read up on. Uh, but but thank you for pointing that out, Thomas. Uh, it's kind of fasc- it's kind of fascinating though with Austria because they had uh, the last time they even had a player drafted was in 2006. It was Michael Grabner in the first round, Michael Grabner, and then Andreas Nödel in the second round. And now in 2020, they had three players drafted: Marco Rossi, Timo Nickel, and Benjamin Baumgartner, who is an overager, so he won't play either. But it, has has anything changed with Austrian talent development, or is it just a fluke basically this year, and it won't be repeated? I think, unfortunately, it's more or less of a fluke. Not not yeah. really much change. Uh, 
they have still problems. I did talk with Ochoa with the coach a couple of times about development and what is not going on well is they have a lot, a lot of North American second or third class coaches in in Austrian hockey, and they really don't care too much about uh, uh, developing young uh, Austrian players. So. I think the system and how the league works and how they have some fights between federation and league and it's not not a very not a very good situation in Austrian hockey. But that this under 20 team now went up to the first division is a huge success and huh. maybe it's on a low level a little bit improvement, but they are still far away of being a first first division. How much of this is down to Red Bull Salzburg and Rapid Vienna, uh, the, yeah. the two big teams? Uh, yes. Are they Salz put? Sorry. Salzburg has fantastic infrastructure, and they have some very good uh, teachers and coaches. And this is really a, a, a hockey hotspot for a lot of players, especially also German players, who go there. Some from uh, Czech and, and Slovakia also. This is. Uh, When I now did talk negative about uh, Austrian junior development, the, the Salzburg sport is a big exception and this is really a fantastic place for young players to develop. Peterka was there, wasn't he? Loaned yeah. out from, from the yeah. well mother yeah. club in M Munich, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, lo looking over um, the border, across the border, back into Slovakia then, uh, There is, as you mentioned, Tomas, some, some development coming back through. Uh, they've also had a big team really maybe uh, getting all the talent together uh, before, whereas now uh, when Slovan Bratislava has rejoined the, the Slovak League and, and left KHL, the, the talent seems to be more spread out and you earn more playtime in the top tier earlier for, for many of the players, which benefits them long-term. Um, they have an interesting team, I think. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, from what I've heard from, from my sources in Slovakia, is that uh, the biggest star of this year's selection, Maxim Kajkovic, um, he was drafted by Tampa Bay. He caused a scandal during the bubble and, and uh, caused a... Um, a uh, concussion with 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 his physical play and he was sent home early how much do you think that will will uh, change the the uh, slovak team i i didn't i didn't uh, listen to this so this is news for me and uh, i think yes this uh, definitely hurts the team this is maxim chalkovic you mean yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the three guys uh, who I did expect most uh, in, in the offense with together maybe with Rashik and Kromiak. And then the maybe I don't know whether the two guys, the two very young guys, 16-year-old guys, will stay in the in the roster. But I don't see much more. And if Chakovic is missing, this is a huge blow for the Slovak offense. Yeah, and uh, on, on the other hand, you have to applaud a team maybe to take a stand against the the uh, um, player that causes concussions on, on teammates and, and even opponents, uh, especially with what's going on in, in, in the brain uh, research in regards to concussions. But as you mentioned, and I didn't consider it earlier, was that 
uh, maybe you can afford to send someone like that home if there are no relegation this year. Yeah, there is not uh, uh, because there is really. I I know it's no relegation. I, yeah, yeah, I no. but it's it's easier to make that kind of decision and make that kind of stance. Of course, then you don't have the pressure to uh, live or die. So uh, it makes it easier, probably, definitely. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about one guy just that I I, I <laughs> just. I don't know anything about him, but I checked him out on Elite Prospects, and his uh, his name is Shimon Nemitz, and he's a uh, he's eligible for the 2022 draft uh, defenseman born in 2004. I don't know if you know anything about him, but apparently he played uh, in the Slovak First League for HK Nitra already last year as a recently turned 16 year old. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I did read a lot. I, I don't know him. Uh personally too well to be honest but I I heard from from colleagues and so that he's really really a great player interesting um so maybe that can be also a part of as you said Slovakia Slovakia is kind of coming back a little bit and it would be nice for them to have um someone who can lead the team into next year and the year after that uh in the uh, world juniors unless Absolutely. He's... I, I think they are getting slightly better and uh, even next year and maybe in two years even again slightly better Interesting. Yeah. and uh, unless he's drafted in the first round obviously where he will uh, uh, then then go on and play in one in in, in a nhl club right off the bat more or less um when uh, when we're looking at the the czech team uh, obviously for montreal canadians fans there there is the added excitement of jan mishak um, Anton, you you've watched all of Jan Mishak and you've, write, you've written the the draft profile for him. Uh, yeah, what can we yeah. expect from Jan in in this kind of tournament? I just hope that he hasn't been hurt, like uh, that he hasn't been hurt confidence wise by playing on on a crappy HC Litvino team during during the fall here because. We know kind of, I mean, he's only there on loan from Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, the coach knows that he won't be there for the whole season. So he's kind of been playing bottom six minutes, as we've read in, in your excellent European prospect reports. Um, so I just hope that he can step up and show show the world what, what a uh, good, potentially great player he can be. And he really needs to because the Czech team... I mean, it's not a great team either. So they really need someone like Mishak, who is the only player on the Czech team who has been drafted within the first three rounds um, to to step up and and lead the way. Also, because he was one of the guys who was there um, playing World Juniors already last year, and he will be eligible for next year as well. So he could, you know, do the trouble and and come back for the, his third year. And it would just be interesting if if. Um, if the Czech offense should provide some spark, it has to come down to guys like uh, Mishak and uh, Jaromir Pitlik and uh, Michal Tepli, uh, but but mainly Mishak, I feel. Yeah, it seems like they will run a, a top line of Raška, Mishak and Tepli, um, and that will have to carry the team in a lot of ways. They're, it seems like they're confident in that line. It will most likely get the, the first try on the power play. Um, I've heard as well that and, and I pointed this out that he hasn't been able to translate that kind of maturity to run the power play on Mishak. But this is a chance to prove himself in front of the North American crowds. He played on the on the North American surface last year. 
it should be an easy adjustment for him. And obviously the weight of Montreal will be on him because there are only three uh, three prospects from Montreal um, in this uh, Slova- uh, in this World Junior Championships all, all over. But um, it is really a little bit like like Thomas said in regards to uh, the German team as well, that it's one line that will have to carry the rest. Uh, and um, the, the difference is that obviously the Czechs' depth are usually better than either of those other three yeah. teams that we have mentioned, taking out Austria for, for, for different reasons. Um, do you agree with that, Tomas, that the depth of the Czech team looks better than, than the other three Central European teams that we mentioned? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, they would be favorite against Switzerland, Slovaks, and, and and Germans. But I also think it's not the best under twenty Czech team uh, from the last couple of years. I think they that there is a, a gap between the Czech team and uh, maybe also Finland, Sweden, and the North American teams and Russia. And I'm I'm a little bit worried about the defense in, uh, yeah. in the Czech team. And as you mentioned, uh, the death in the forwards, and it will be interesting to see who will play in goal in net. Also, yeah, they have interesting guys with Malik and Bednarz. Uh We will see what what uh, what there happens. But basically, I think they will have an easy win against Austria, and they won't be favorite against all other teams. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just agreeing with you because I was actually sitting and writing the uh, preview for the Czech roster right as we started talking here. So I've been reading up on Czech prospects all day. Um, so I was looking at, especially as you said, the goalie situation is unsure. Uh, the defense looks um, unexperienced, if you say it like that. And I was just wondering about the guy like uh, Stanislav Svosil, who will be eligible for this upcoming draft. And who at least looks to have some kind of poise to be uh, yeah, potentially a first-rounder. Yeah, he is also in my books uh, first-round first potential. It's not clear that he will be first-rounder, but no, it's close. It's it's really close, and if he has a good, good tournament, he, he can be a first-rounder. It's also the guy, actually, uh, from the defense, maybe... David Jericek. Uh, Skubicek, Simon Kubicek, and so oh, other names a little bit. I, I have yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, inexperienced, as you mentioned, and a little bit shaky defense, probably. Yeah. Which but never makes forget, it... but never yeah. forget, all Czech players, they are developed and educated on a certain level. Then they never are below a certain level. So they... You you never should underrate them, even if they don't have first class prospects. Maybe this year, but it's it's always difficult to beat them still because they play usually is a smart smart game. Yeah, they've always played that smart game where 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 they play very secure defensively, have a great goalkeeper, and then they counterattack like mad and 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 score fantastic yes. goals. Um, they're also the only team in in my opinion that can really forecheck. Yep. Okay, no just, one got that joke, but fine. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> Poor chick. Ha -ha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Dad no, jokes just, here. When when you're you, over if, 40, if you've you got to do it. it to, if you compare it to the team uh, which competed in Ostrava and, and Trinec last year, um, obviously players like Jakub Lauko, who, who got injured early, and Jan Jenik, who got injured as well, but but especially Lukas Dostal. Um, <laughs> I mean, having that kind of goaltender talent, it, it can uh, just kind of be 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 makeup on on a bad defense and uh, and not having that kind of goaltender talent this year um will i think you know lead to the Czech Republic being being in uh, in a firm fourth place in this group i have to ask as well tomas um you played uh, or you probably watched jan mishak when he played in Czech Republic last year um did you or, or or did your contacts do that or, or your friends colleagues because we're always interested in hearing more about the montreal canadians prospects no i can't uh, I, I think i don't know much more than than you i i really think he's a great great talent but i don't have real insights uh, at, at this point what what i maybe have uh, it's interesting a little bit what i follow the even more is the goaltenders Okay, yeah, enlighten us. Because I followed them two, three years ago. I did think these are maybe the two best, two of the best goaltender prospects in Europe, maybe in the world. And I think in the last one, two years, they didn't develop as much. I think they have now in North America some some great goaltenders. You have this Wolstead in uh, in Sweden. They have this this Russian guy, the Askarov. They over they did overtake these goalies. And then today I'm a little bit unsure whether Malik or Bednarz will really carry this this Czech team. But two years ago I was unbelievable high on both. Interesting. So so what I mean what do you think has made them stagnate in in, in their development? I don't know. I can't tell you this. I don't have. I don't have an answer to this. I'm sorry. If you did, you would be hired by by any team possible, I guess. Um, Anton, you had because, a question. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering because I saw that Bednash. I was thinking about that as well because when I read up on them, I saw that Bednash was the rookie of the year in Extra Liga two years ago, and yeah. then he has just kind of stagnated. It's just been like below nine nine hundred in same percentage and just. Um, I was just wondering if you had any any idea what had gone wrong, but obviously no. Um, so I was going to ask instead about uh, if you've if you've looked at Czech goaltenders. Uh, Montreal drafted a Czech goaltender in the fifth round this year, uh, whose name is Jakub Dobesh. I don't know if you know anything about him, but if you do, please enlighten us. Yeah, I think they have some some solid uh, goal goaltending in in Czech Republic all the time and. Um, I don't know now it's this this guy again uh, too well, but I'm I don't think that the Czech goalies are as world class compared to maybe a couple of years ago. Mm. I some other nations did overtake, but it would be maybe now un unfair to this to this guy from Montreal. Uh, I don't know him uh, uh, very well to be honest. No, he has been in North America since the start of 27, 2018. So I understand why you wouldn't know him. Uh, you you put him putting everyone on the spot, Anton. Uh, I'm not sure you'll be able to join us for the next part. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's uh, it's been enlightening us uh, to have uh, enlightening to to have Tomas with us. You you provide such an insight into uh, Central European hockey. 
please everyone follow uh, Thomas uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's Thomas uh, Roast. Um, we'll include it in in one of the articles as well. Um, when you need something about Germans, about Swiss players, he is your guy to go to. Uh, fantastic, and and we really appreciate you taking the time, Thomas, to to join us for for this uh, forty five minutes of of ice hockey talk. And uh, I know you're looking forward to the World Juniors. Um, I know Anton is looking forward. I know Anne and everyone that listens. Uh, I'm sure you will have a few new fans after this. We wish you and your family. Um, a happy and safe Christmas and New Year's and hopefully we get back to, to hear more from you uh, nearer the draft Thank you very much, it was a real pleasure for me uh, joining you, very interesting discussion and yes of course we all looking forward to, for the tournament uh, for great hockey, I think the World Championships on the 20 tournament is the best hockey in the world, it's even I I always tell I would even pay more money for a ticket for the uh, final of the Under 20 World Championship than for a Stanley Cup final. So please please watch the games and uh, you will enjoy definitely. Thank you. Vielen Dank. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.